Welcome listeners to season three, episode 12 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And this week we're continuing our annual Halloween vibes event by watching Scream from 1996. And we're joined by the always fabulous Rosemary's ladies, Molly and Jen. Hello. Hi. Hello. Tell everybody about your show and yourselves. Molly, hit them with it. Yes. Let me hit you with our opening. Uh, Rosemary's ladies is a podcast where two mythical bitches do witty retellings of horror movies, bad movies, and bad horror movies. (laughs) We walk our listeners through the plot of said movies and insert our own witty, aka we think we're funny commentary. (laughs) (laughs) My dad thinks we're funny too. So there you go. And a lot of our listeners don't watch the movies. So honestly, you guys should check out Rosemary's Ladies because they actually go through from point A to point B, whereas we kind of just do a general summary and talk about it. So it's a different format, but still just as awesome. Yeah, we're just lazy. (laughs) If you think like there's a horror movie that you're interested in, but maybe you're too scared to watch it, usually you can listen to us and then we'll make it funny. And it's not so scary. Yeah. Mm. So we'll hear more from you guys in a bit. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be reminiscent of some of our own favorite episodes. Get it? Because the because the, the scream references horror movies. It's like we're getting up our own ass, just like this movie. <laughs> this episode will contain discussion on sexism, misogyny, self-harm. And a lot of other stuff. So if any of these things are something that you don't need to hear today, feel free to skip this episode. We're also still recording in the the scary RV that we're living in right now. So if you hear any Harleys or other big trucks outside, Harley's on a big truck. What am I talking about? Anyways, it might get noisy. (laughs) Stick with us in a few weeks. It'll be better. Yeah, please forgive us. So you made the drink today. Well, we came up with the concept together. But yes, I am the one that actually put the things in the cup and thought it through. I mean, I take only partial responsibility for whatever this drink is. Hey, (laughs) this is going to be good. And actually, it's funny that Kelly is saying that because they judged me while I was making it. You put so much of insert ingredient here into this drink (laughs) that I was like shocked. Yeah, well, it's going to be good. And I, I'm almost tempted to give away this one because of the purpose of it. I mean, it's been a few episodes since the, we've just blatantly given the ingredients. So, so maybe I will. If you want to, I you have my permission. You can put your own um, t- uh, pizzazz on this drink with the amounts of each of them. But this is self-aware. And what we did was we took... Ingredients from previous cocktails that we've made on all three of our seasons and mixed them together to make this drink. But uh-huh. I, I tried to make really cohesive flavors. So I'm actually I sipped it before we started and I'm proud of it. I Kelly have not has tried not. it yet. I'm kind of scared. It's sour, so you might not like it, but okay. I will. <laughs> so this includes. Do you want to sip it first? <gasps> we should. Well, you kind of watched me make it. Damn it. I should have thought about this ahead of time because you could have sipped it and then tried to guess them all. Okay. I definitely have a list in front of me, so it would be cheating at this point. (laughs) I'll sip it. And then uh, as I process my feelings on the drink, you can say what's in it. Okay. So this has some chili vodka, which was from our episode of Ah, Us. I can't process it. Ah, (laughs) I tried. uh, It's so good. (laughs) What are you talking about? The main ingredient is something that is not referencing anything else, which is cranberry juice, which I can't believe we've not used cranberry juice Uh. yet. (laughs) We used pomegranate juice, I think, before, but I couldn't find any cranberry juice ones. Uh. (laughs) Do you not like it? I'm dead. Keep going. It's sour. That's why they don't like it. So next, there's some uh, sweet vermouth in there, which is from our Psycho episode, because fuck Alfred Hitchcock. Fuck you, Alfred Hitchcock. (laughs) (laughs) Then we've got some sprig of fresh mint from Predator, a slice of fresh lemon from It Follows, and a slight bit of rose water from our Bride of Chucky episode. Uh, (laughs) I like it. I'm happy. It's red. The color of it is actually like a dark, deep red. It kind of matches our logo. Yeah. Um. It's sour. It's fruity. It's fresh. It's spicy. It's spicy. <laughs> when you go to sip it, you get nose. You get nose in your nose. You get mint in your nose. <laughs> okay. 
the, my first sip has passed. Now I'm afraid to sip it again. <laughs> it uh. is it's all I taste right now because my my senses were overpowered. It is spicy cranberry. Yeah. I, it's like somebody put a habanero in delicious cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then you were, that wasn't even the ingredient that you thought I put too much of. No, definitely. I thought you put too much uh, sweet vermouth in, but I was wrong. Apparently no amount of sweet vermouth could overpower <laughs> the spicy cranberry in this. Yeah. You don't get even smell the mint when you put it up to your face? I, maybe, but the moment that it hit my nostrils, the burning sensation of the habanero really kicked that out. I'm happy. I this <laughs> I mean, this might be one of those drinks where by the end of it, I've, I'm able to take a sip without screaming, but I hope that since we are a, a podcast audio-only format, I hope that people picture me taking a sip and then flopping to the ground and rolling around screaming as the general aesthetic of me drinking this drink. Which really was my goal because that's what you'd be doing in this film because Ghostface would be jumping at you. Yeah, and you'd when, be like, wah! When Ghostface comes up behind me and stabs me, I'm rolling around in the on the lawn yeah. screaming. <laughs> Popping out a fake boob. Oh, wait. That that's, was scary that's movie. the bad one. Yeah. So this week we watched Scream, which premiered on December 22nd, 1996. Uh, it's directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this film stars Nev Campbell as final girl Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox as tabloid news reporter Gail Weathers, David Arquette as Sheriff's Deputy Dewey, and Matthew Lillard as Sidney's friend and half her worst enemy. This synopsis was written by listener and patron Sharky Cronk. Thank uh, you. Uh, pew, 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 pew. You have to be excited, even if your mouth is spicy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but this synopsis is actually amazing, so you gotta get with it. I'm with it. Are you with it? Yes. 90s reference? In the town of Woodsboro, no one can hear you yell. We are introduced to Sydney, a teenager who is reluctant to go to the next level with boyfriend Billy Loomis. She goes to school where police are investigating the murder of two students. Sydney's friends, Randy and Stuart, act flippantly about the killings, and Sydney leaves, her mother having been murdered a year previous. At home, Sydney receives a call from, and is attacked by, the ghost-face-masked killer. They are interrupted just in time by Billy. However... Sydney sees a cell phone drop from Billy's pocket and he is arrested. After a few hours at the police station, Sydney punches the allegedly parasitic reporter Gail Weathers and retreats to friend Tatum's house. Here she receives another call from the killer, which exonerates Billy. Suspicion is cast all around. Anyone could be the killer. The students organize a party, which the killer also attends. The killer eats shit multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> While Sydney and Billy have sex upstairs, Randy reveals his horror film rules. One, never have sex. Two, never drink or do drugs. Three, never say, I'll be right back. Upstairs, the killer stabs Billy while Sydney escapes to Gail's van, where she watches a feed from a hidden camera of the killer stalking Randy. However, the footage is on a delay and the killer is already outside. Escaping back into the house, Sydney meets Stuart and Billy, and it is revealed that both of them are the killer. Billy reveals his mother left because Sydney's mother slept with his father. They plan to frame Sydney's father, but Sydney turns the tables on them, killing Stuart with a television before Billy is shot by Gail. The film closes on Gail's news report as the camera pans over the bloodbath house. Oh, hit me with that trailer audio. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name. I'll tell you mine. Uh, I don't think so. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. 
not scared, are you? Squeeze. Finally, a decent trailer. God, it's been like, <laughs> fuck, this entire season we've had bad trailer after bad trailer. Yeah, that one would get me in the mood to watch this movie, I think. Totally. Oh, my God. You got to see Drew Barrymore in there a lot. I like that it was already very self-aware. Wink. Yes. And uh, it didn't give that much away. It just gave away the concept, which is it is a scary movie. Ooh. Yeah, and it did the thing that we wanted, which was describe all the rules in the trailer. So you're like, oh, I'm going to go into this movie already expecting those things now. Yeah. I had a little bit of a problem with the editing. Like, the cuts were really weird and, like, flashy. That's the 90s, man. every time it switched (laughs) to a different scene, there was, like, a screen flash to switch, which was a bit much, but all right. I'll I'll handle it, I suppose. I was a fan. Man, I think I love Scream. You love that scream. Again, it's every fucking time we watch a series. I'm like, this is the series I love. This is my favorite series. Oh, wait, that little doll is pretty cool, too. (laughs) Oh, wait, that guy in a mask who doesn't talk is a pretty all right. Uh That other guy in the mask who doesn't talk is pretty great, too. (laughs) We'll be seeing some of them later this month. Also, I'm not taking another drink because I want the transition between... Uh, this section where we talk about the drink and then the section we recorded already with the guests to be smooth. So I don't want to go from me screaming because this drink hurts my face to then me talking normally. I mean, the movie is called Scream. Do you want me to scream before we transition to the guests? I think it's time for some discussion. (laughs) Kelly, do you want to jump in? Uh, With my points about Scram. I really would love to hear them. Okay, well, first off, something that I noticed in like Basically, the first scene, or at least when uh, the first character dies, is this mu- This music hits hard. It gets really intense when they find out that their daughter has died to the degree that like it doesn't feel like a comedy movie anymore because it's very extremely dramatic music. Well, it is a horror movie, but also a bit funny. <laughs> but what, what are you saying? You don't like the music? I don't know, because... Totally, it's weird that like the first scene is someone having like a trivia time about horror movies. A scary trivia time. Spooky trivia time. (laughs) (laughs) A scaredy fact section, if you will. (laughs) And then like the moment that the parents are like, our daughter's dead, it goes into like this really dramatic scene. Yeah. It was just totally weird. Did nobody else pick up on that? Was everyone else okay? I was pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I don't know what you're talking about. We're all on the same page, so you're <laughs> weird. I think I- I'm hot trash for this movie, so I will have <laughs> yeah. nothing bad to say about it. Nice. <laughs> Maybe what actually happened, We you kind of talked about this before we started recording, that like, Watching this is so scene for scene scary movie that maybe my mind was just stuck. Yeah, they're they're definitely. Yeah, they're like, especially like in the beginning, there were like so many scenes where I'm like, I feel like this is this. Did this happen in scary movie? Or I was like waiting for something to be funny. And then I was like, oh, it wasn't funny. (laughs) Like in the um, when Randy the like the friend who knows a lot about movies when he yeah. gets like the phone call at the party i was like i know it's not going to be the ghost doing like the was up thing and yet <laughs> my brain is still expecting it that might actually be <laughs> yeah i think that was it like i the mur- first murder was played relatively straight and nobody got their silicon uh boobs ripped out by a knife no nope. But she did run out into the street and almost get hit by a car. That's true. Nobody got flipped up in the air by getting hit by a car. <laughs> so maybe that was it. I don't know. It just like it felt like Wes Craven making like a com like a spoof comedy horror movie, but then still use the same soundtrack from his other horror movies. Not necessarily saying I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. I really didn't get like a spoof vibe. Like it was very self-aware, as our drink said. Haha. <laughs> but um I thought, like, that's what I liked. I enjoyed the how self-aware of the horror genre in general it was. Mm. It was just giving me what I wanted. So it was getting you where you needed to go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of not really liking it, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm going first. We, we, like to, we like to do our at least one of our points first so that we get into the conversational mood before our guests get to talk. <laughs> And mine are going to be real both bad takes. And then and then y'all get to say your good points. There's a point in the movie and I don't really know 
when it is that the movie references get a bit much. So the opposite of what I just said. Yeah, the opposite <laughs> of what you said in all regard. While we were watching it, I came I like had to go get snacks and I came back and I'm like, man, I could really do without some of these movie references. Like, yeah. And when you said it then, I thought you were just as wrong as when you're saying it now. <laughs> I, understand. I do know what you mean. I think it does get a bit like we we get what you're trying to do, Wes Craven. I think the one that sticks out for me is at the end when they're like, oh, he's going to come back now because that's what he's supposed. That's what we yeah. talked about earlier. He's going to come back. And then he does. And I also just watched the third one. So that one's kind of fresh in my mind. And that one is like it's it, it does have like some funny elements in it because it's like you're in a trilogy and the tier are the rules for the trilogy. But it's again gets a bit like beating you over the head with like. Hey, we talked about how this was a movie rule. We talked. Remember this? Yeah, that's actually I think that might have been one of the ones is like it makes sense that Matthew Lillard and what's his face (laughs) are both making movie references because the whole point is that they're like massacres supposed to be like we like movies so much that it made us want to make our own in real life. But like, yeah, the moment that the the one girl is in the garage and she's confronted Ghostface and it's like, no, please let me stay, stay to the sequel. It's like. Why the are scene you which talking is almost like, like uh, line for line from Scary Movie. Yeah. yeah. So, are you also like, are you from Scary Movie coming to do a serious right. movie? Right. But she thought that at that point, she thought that she was just talking to Randy. Yeah, but it's still like, I don't know. I guess it's basically like saying, man, Freddy Krueger sure talked about dreams a lot. But <laughs> I feel like for this movie, like, again, I'm biased because I'm trash for it. <laughs> but it was. Isn't it like the first kind of horror movie that was like, we are very aware we're a horror movie and we're going to point out all these things. And then that kind of opened the floodgates for like more horror movies to kind of be self-referential. I think that's a good point because it is like it is a movie that's 20 years old. (laughs) So we I think we have we do have to look at it in the lens of like, you know, it, it was kind of like watching it now. We're like, okay, it's so obvious, like the tropes they're making fun of. But if you're like used to watching like the 80s horror movies, you're probably sitting there in the theater being like, oh, my God, this is this is so funny. Mm. Like this is exactly the every single 80s horror movie ever. Every Friday the 13th, every Nightmare on Elm Street, every whatever. That's true. I assume that I guess there's already probably like people coming in not really paying attention to the tropes that they've seen in other horror movies. So that being Mm -hmm. pointed out was probably also interesting where it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, they're right. Everybody does get up in the end and then they need one last shot to the head before they stay down. Right, right. And like Randy's rules and all that. You're like, oh, yeah, they're always partying and you know, the killer comes in and yeah. kills these people. And, you know, if there's always the quote virgin or, you know, the final girl or whatever. Right. So I do. I think what the, I'm sure we'll talk about Cabin in the Woods a little bit, because I think <laughs> Cabin in the Woods was like, you know, it was just like a li- sort of later, maybe more. I don't want to say advanced, but like it's the same thing. Like they took the same tropes of like, here's what you can't do. Here is like the same characters. And then they just kind of like took it a step further. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe I I just have trash opinions and I don't know. (laughs) I, I, this was a movie that I was like, I really like scream. And then as I was like writing down notes and comments, I was like, I have a lot of criticisms (laughs) of this movie. Oh God. That's a, something that happens to me a lot when I do this show is like I have negative points, but then my final thought is always, but I still really love this movie. Yes, I do have we have recorded several podcasts where I started. I'm like, I love this movie. And then as I go through it, I'm like, well, why? The, why did this happen? And I didn't like this and I didn't like that. And I'm like, well, okay, I st- hey, I'm just commenting. It's still a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely run into situations where Shar and I have watched something and then it was so bad. We're like, we don't even want to talk about this. Like, man, there's just other than just repeatedly saying how bad this movie, we just don't care. So I guess it's like good that you're analyzing it because that means you care enough to do so. Yeah. And it's when it's like a film that's so bad, it's not even but it doesn't get over the hump of being so bad. It's good, which you guys Mm -hmm. are super familiar with. (laughs) obviously (laughs) anyways those are my two trash takes molly what are your very good takes (laughs) okay well so i've seen this movie 525,600 times um i love that song (laughs) i just uh watched that movie uh the other day so that's been stuck in my head nice but 
Um, anyway, so I the first time I saw this movie, I've mentioned it on our podcast before, but I had this childhood friend who would make me watch horror movies and I didn't like horror movies. And this was one of them, but I actually loved it because it wasn't I don't know, it was different from like watching, you know, like Jason or Freddy or something. I don't know what it was, but the 90s vibes of this movie just give me so much life. Um <laughs> So I decided for this time when I watched it, I've never watched the director commentary. <gasps> and so that's what I watched. Oh, um, I'm jealous. Yes. So basically my thoughts is because I just love this movie. That's all I'm going to say about it is I have some behind the scenes things. And I checked your guys' behind the scenes facts and I eliminated anything Molly, you already it have. Says don't read the behind the scenes facts. <laughs> it specifically well, I had says to. don't read it in the Google Doc. <laughs> well, I had to. Otherwise, I didn't want to step on toes. So No, this is good. This is the one time we're very self-aware in the podcast, too. So we know when it's OK to break the rules. <laughs> so let's see here. So the opening scene um, with Drew Barrymore is an homage to when a stranger calls, apparently. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm really I I'm just sad that they never said the calls coming from inside the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember, but in that opening scene, like the TV screen is on in the background. It's like the blue TV screen that back in the day, you know, before you hit play on a VHS. Yeah. yeah. It's sitting there and Wes Craven is like, oh, it's it signifies, you know, the movie is about to begin. <laughs> <laughs> Both for the audience and for Drew Barrymore. So, <laughs> I mean, the movie's about to end for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so many Dutch angles. I just want to make note of that because I oh, love yeah. a good Dutch angle. And I really, the other thing I love about this movie is like the quick writing and humor. So, like when um, Sydney is like, "Oh, I I used to sit next to Drew Barrymore in English," and Tatum is like, "Not anymore." <laughs> like those kind of like one-off lines where yeah. it's still kind of being humorous, I guess. But it's um, also in a way that's so believable in conversation. Like people would right. speak like that. Yeah. Right. Live her alone. For sure. Yeah. Come on, live her alone. It's a joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're in the cop station after Billy is arrested, he says one of my favorite lines is when he's like, I didn't kill anybody. The, his accent in the movie is just chef kisses. <laughs> but uh, the name of the costume is called Father Death because they wanted to make the audience think that it might have been Sydney's dad who was the killer. Mm. Oh, is it like um, labeled when he pulls out the like, it's in every yeah. five and dime? Yep. Yep. But it's like in the very top corner. And like, I've never noticed it before. So it's yeah. really yeah, quick I've never and it's noticed tucked that up either. away. Yeah. Cool. My other note is I miss video stores. <laughs> um, yeah. The I mean, only watching, time that's... What was that? I was going to say, watching that video store scene, I missed hanging out with people in public spaces. I know. <laughs> that too. That also too. that. <laughs> um, the one time Skeet Ulrich is actually playing the killer is Wait, after... Is it Ulrich or Ulrich? I don't know. Skeet. <laughs> I say Skeet. Ulrich. <laughs> okay, we're on a we're on a first name basis. Okay, yeah. We're friends. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Skeet, you know. Steve, Skeet, and I go way back. Okay. <laughs> Guys, um, he was so cute in this movie. I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> oh, he's so. <laughs> was it just me? Wait, he's. I wrote down several notes. I was like, "Damn, he's so Damn. oily." He's... I think he, I think it's good. Yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of him. That too. hair okay. was so bad. The like I was gonna say the the greasy hair. Like he's cute, but that greasy hair. He just needed a shower. Okay, it was very nineties. <laughs> he's in Riverdale, right? Yeah, is, is he? he? Yeah. We don't watch it. He's Joe the kid's dad, and then he showed up, and I was like, damn. Oh yeah, I mean, good. <laughs> he's got strong daddy energies now. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, but the one time that he's playing the killer is when Randy is drunk on the couch saying to the TV, he's behind you, he's behind you. Oh, yeah. And he's slowly approaching. Yeah. And then the other fun fact that I have from the commentary is apparently Skeet had open heart surgery when he was a kid. And he has something metal in his chest that if you touch it, it's excruciatingly painful. So they patted him up for the scene where Sydney comes out of the closet and stabs him with an umbrella. But the stunt gal was wearing the scream mask, and so she couldn't see, and she actually stabbed him in that plate. Ah. And so when he falls and, like, his reaction on the ground in pain is actual yeah. like, pain. <laughs> Real. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then Wes Craven's so, like, yeah, I'm going to leave it in. Good. Keep it. Keep it good. <laughs> it's like when yeah. in Lord of the Rings when Aragorn, like, kicks the helmet and, oh, yeah. like, falls to the ground and crying in pain because he just broke like three of his toes yeah. and Peter Jackson was like 
this is good. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. I mean, during this movie, Shar pointed out any time that Matthew Lillard got hit by a phone or whatever, or when anyone got hit by a phone, she's like, that was a real hit. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a mistake. A real yeah. That one was real. <laughs> I know at the at the end, this is probably in the trivia, but like when he gets, when Skeet Ulrich like throws the, sorry, Skeet, excuse me. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Ulrich Skeet- is his dad. <laughs> <laughs> when Skeet like throws the phone at him and hits him and he's like, ow, you hit me, you dick. That was like an improv <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah. I was like, I appreciate Matthew Lillard so much. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's shaggy for me. Yes, and like, us too. there's so many roles he was in where I'm like, oh, he's actually like a really good actor too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of being on first name basis with somebody, Kelly, M- what, Mr. Lillard. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I never met him. He teaches acting at my old school. <gasps> That's, That's so, so cool. So it's like one degree away of Kevin Bacon, except one That's, degree away. From yeah, Matthew I have to talk Lillard. to the administration of my school pro- to talk. I don't to play teachers. one. Uh, yeah, I don't play six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I only play six degrees of Matthew Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm like two That's degrees. That's a good degree to be. Yeah, anyway. That's, yeah. Pretty That's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Speaking of daddy energy now. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my facts. Um, I love this movie. The second one is not my favorite one. I also want to just say that it's Scream Trilogy. There's no such thing as the fourth movie or this piece of trash fifth movie coming out. It's only a trilogy. <laughs> Thank you and good night. You don't think that you're not even going to give the fifth one a chance? Probably I not. Will. It's I'll got it Courtney Cox and yeah. Dewey is coming back too. I don't know what his name is. Arquette. Something Arquette. I kept David calling Arquette. him Doofy in this also. <laughs> like as per Scary Movie. Yep. His, is his name Dewey in Scary Movie as well? It's Doofy. It's Doofy. Woof. Woof a loof. Ah, uh, yeah. It's time for Whispers from Beyond. First of all, we have a Twitter message from a dear listener and patron. Red underscore rebellious on Twitter says, I'm just listening to Drink and Scream's episode about The Purge. I really enjoy those films and that universe in general, and I could talk for ages about why they're not just slasher slash torture porn. But I shan't right now. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to rewatch season two of The Purge TV show. If you've not seen them yet, Kelly and Shar, you might enjoy them as they go deep into the lore of the films. The first season follows several groups through a purge night and the second follows different groups the 364 days between purges. Oh, thank God. Those were the interesting parts that I wanted from the purge. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. I really would love to see that. It's on our growing list of sp- spoopy things to watch. But <laughs> thanks, Red Rebellious. Our next one is from Kaylin Arnold. Uh, they wrote us a review on Apple Podcasts. They rated us five stars and Woo! said so much fun. Thank you. Uh, We're only going to read ones that uh, rate us five stars. You hear that? (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is very engaging and it's pleasant to listen to hosts that are passionate about what they're talking about. You can tell that Charlene and Kelly take their time to research the film in which they provide an excellent and thoughtful discussion for their viewers to listen to. I will definitely continue to listen to this podcast and I am glad I found it. Aw, we're glad you found it too. Yeah. Woohoo! Thanks for all the kind words. And last but not least, we wanted to give a shout out to another patron of ours, Erica, who upped her pledge. Woo! Woo! We're so much closer to getting to our goal for having movie nights with all our listeners. Mm-hmm. So if we get to $150 a month, then we will just watch some dang movies with y'all. And we'll have chats. We'll get to talk. We'll maybe, get some drinks. We'll do some screaming. Maybe make some Jiffy Pop. <laughs> I love Jiffy Pop. Until it explodes. <laughs> uh, Char- Charlton. Are you trying to say my name? Char- yeah. What's it? How Is do you pronounce your name? Is your full name Charlton? No. Charlton. Char- 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 Can I call you that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, my first thought, I guess I kind of could have brought this up when you were talking about the music at the beginning and how you felt like it was kind of weird. Because mine is that I, this isn't the first time I've watched this, but I'm still so surprised every time Drew Barrymore dies within like the first 10 minutes of this film because she's such a big star that it's kind of one of those things that you like least expect it like obviously oh this is the start of the movie so it's like 
we'll see mm-hmm. where she goes, but like we'll be following her for the entire thing. But nope. Nope. Yeah. And he that's did. what like Wes Craven wanted with the reaction is like the audience to be like, there's no way that Drew Barrymore is going <laughs> to die in the mm-hmm. first two minutes of this movie. Yeah, anyway. exactly. And, and she dies pretty brutally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a movie I would have really loved to see like people like seeing in theaters like just to see their reaction of like seeing her get killed and then seeing like like trying to figure out who the killer is and then the reaction of like the eventual reveal yeah of who the killer is totally and then the killer's just stabbing each other and And i mean drew was actually supposed to be sydney but then she was like nah put me in as the as the bitch that dies first it'll be great no one will expect it But I thought that it was interesting because this movie is so like self-aware and like referencing so many other horror films. So I don't know why I'm surprised that Drew Barrymore died because it's exactly what Psycho did with Janet Leigh back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's very true. We also watched Trick or Treat this season. And in the first scene, like a big name actress dies, which and Shara, you were like, wait, I was like, what? (laughs) She's like a huge name actress. Why did she die so early? Yeah. At least she shows up later in the movie, though. Yeah. Such a good movie. Not Drew Did you guys like Trick or Treat, though? So good. So good. People will have already heard it by this point. Lady Werewolves. Yeah, we want a full movie of Lady Werewolves. (laughs) That was like so good. Yeah. What a surprise, too, for me. Apparently, I never can see twists coming. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then my last thing was that it's actually something I don't think we talk about a lot on our show, which is kind of shocking because we're supposed to be queer and feminist. Supposed to be. Supposed Whatever. To be. But the Bechdel test, this movie passes it so many times. <laughs> There's like a I'm lot of about. scenes of Sydney and Gail, like uh, Sydney and Tatum talking. And there's a lot of drama with like Sydney's mother's death that they talk about. And like the whole scene where Sydney punches Gail, that's all not about men. And there's like no men mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. which is awesome. And then there's also the idea of the final girl in this film not being a virgin, which I think is oh, really yeah. cool because I like to be sex positive. And I think that defining a w- woman's value by whether or not a man has slept with her is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about that. Everyone dies regardless of whether they've been boned or not. <laughs> Right. We need to learn that, that everyone dies and we're all doomed regardless. Yeah. <laughs> and like this, they went so far as to have Tatum like flat out say, I forget who she was saying it to, if it was dear friend Skeet or L- M- Matthew Lillard of like them talking about how the killer is definitely a guy. And she was like, that's sexist. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Lillard's like, women can't do it. They're not strong enough. Oh, yeah. He's like, they're not strong enough or they like don't have the stomach for for like the, the bloody killing or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm with Tatum. I can destroy you. <laughs> yeah. Also, watching that whole scene in front of the, like, water fountain or whatever, knowing that both Skeet and Matthew were the killer is so interesting because they are, like, one-upping each other where it's like, you couldn't kill him. No, I could totally kill him. Yeah. And it also right. was, yeah. like, totally giving me the vibes or, like, flashbacks of Scary Movie again, <laughs> which is, like, the total opposite vibe of this scene right. that is so <laughs> feminist in this film. And in the other one, it was, like, woman beating, and it was supposed to be funny. That was bad. Why did we ever watch what? Scary Movie? I don't know. It was <laughs> I said it funny it. when I was 12. <laughs> it was my <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> I do, Kelly, like you were saying about them like like knowing they're the killers at the water fountain scene there's it's all interesting because like they're also like kind of like poking accusations at each other a little bit like well where were you last night skeet well i i was i couldn't have done it i was over at so-and-so's where were you last night matthew lillard yeah and i'm like like knowing they're the killers i guess they're just like we gotta act we gotta accuse each other i guess there's also like yeah the level of like toxic masculinity where it's like no I was the one that killed him that night don't take that away from me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I'm stronger than you and managed to kill Steve the the quarterback or whatever well and then and going off like going off that char sorry I can wait until I no I'm done my, my point's done go for <laughs> um, it but like Casey and Steve were definitely I mean it's implied that they were killed because she broke up with Matthew Lillard to date Steve yeah Mm -hmm. which is 
you uh, like yeah. obviously horrible but it was just like it was something that like i wish they would have focused a little bit more on how aggressive these men are towards their girlfriends because tatum is killed and it's either her boyfriend or Billy, who's not her boyfriend, but her boyfriend knows about it. So yeah. Yeah. she's also killed. It's basically like as soon as anybody like their object, their plaything is gone or like someone takes their toy. They're like, well, I'm going to break it then. Except it's mm-hmm. not a toy. It's a fucking human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like his whole reason that he did it was originally was because her mom was sleeping with his dad and his mom left. Well, this totally mm-hmm. goes into, I think, one of Jen's points. Oh, well, never mind then. I'm just going to read what I wrote down <laughs> Perfect. on the notes. I'm just going <laughs> to shut up now. The saying, there is no motivation, that's what makes it scarier. It makes no sense when you follow it up with the motivation 30 seconds later. <laughs> and why would Sydney's father kill Casey, Steve, and the high school principal? And do they not realize that police officers can tell height based on stab wound angle? They would know that Stu and Billy had not been stabbed by the same person. And why did Stu kill Tatum? Or why did Billy kill Tatum? I don't know. <laughs> also, why did he decide to kill Sydney's mom after dating Sydney for a year? Why did Sydney not trust Randy? She saw a live feed of the killer behind him and about to attack him. So many questions. So many questions. That was one of my questions is like (laughs) at the end when it's like it's Randy and Stu and they're like, he's the killer. No, he's the killer. And she's like, screw you both. I was like, you literally like five minutes ago, you just were like, Randy, there's a killer behind you. (laughs) Yeah. And and she obviously she had no idea that there were two of them. So that wasn't even like crossing her mind. But I was like, you just saw him about to die. How do you not trust him? So Sydney. true. And things are there's a lot of tension going on. She can't keep everything straight <laughs> in the moment. She's very stressed out. Oh man, adrenaline is pumping. Yeah. yeah, and like talking about how Billy is just a fucking dick, telling her to just get over her mom's like brutal rape and murder. It's been a year. He's like, come on, just like, get over it. I. Well, I'm sure he doesn't care because he's the one who did it. Yeah, he's like, I'm over it. Like, I didn't even care. Yeah, I killed her. All, I killed I mean, her a year I ago. I killed her. I don't know. Why are you still mad? That, I mean, a fantastic point. But then, like, to flip it on him, it's like, okay, clearly, clearly, you're not over your whole mom leaving. Right. Yeah. And she's still yeah. alive. Get over it. And he so, even, like, compared the two side by side. But I think that just shows, like, how immature of like of a and psychopathic of yeah, a character he is. he is right because he's like it, it's it's fair for like my mom left because of her mom so i need to kill her mom and kill her to make up for it mm-hmm. yeah like which obviously makes no sense to mm. us i just also thought it was weird that it was like they'd already been dating for a year when he killed her mother that's a he knew her mom like he must have met her had dinner with her so yeah but i don't know i like i'm not sure if it would have been weirder for him to just have started dating her like i think it would have made more sense i guess if they'd only been dating like a year where after like he killed her mom and then started dating her that would have been weird I guess uh, that'd be like her his yeah. motivation to kill her because she he thinks that she's somehow also related. I guess his like no motivation is like, why am I killing you now? Yeah. Other than yeah. like, you won't have sex with me, but now you had sex with me. So if that was the case, he wouldn't. None of them have motivation at that point to kill anybody. Well, and that was why I was getting frustrated with like the, when they said like, when she's like, why, why did you do it? And he's like, having no motivation makes it scarier. And then is like, but the reason I'm doing yeah. it is actually because your mom yeah. is sleeping with my dad. <laughs> and that's what and I was like, well, just like, just either give us a motivation or don't, don't, don't be like, I'm, I'm having no motivation is scarier, but then I'm going to give you one. Really and it's not going to be that good. Randy was the only one that was actually good at plot. These two chuckle right. fucks were just laughing it up, stabbing whoever they want. I liked Randy. He reminded me of Seth Green. A lot. He yeah. did. Randy's my oh my favorite. god. And then and well I saw so I was definitely I started trying to remember a scary movie and I was like, was Seth Green in scary movie? Because I was like, maybe that's why I keep thinking of Seth Green <laughs> yeah. as his character. I thought that too. I didn't really bring it up, but while we were watching, it's it's definitely clear that like Randy is some level of like autistic, but I really appreciate that they never really like state that or like make it a plot point that he is. It's just that he really likes the rules. And the structure associated with horror movies. Mm-hmm, and that's like mm-hmm. the safety net for him is to like always rely on the tropes of horror movies whenever situations get like too much. 
He's just a character who also has autism and they don't make that a bullshit reason, mm-hmm. like s- stupid thing for his character. Yeah. going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. Char is hosting a super cool queer and feminist Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. Whoa! Check out the promo right here. In a world. No, just kidding. A play conspiracy the real one. in the making? <laughs> Tabletop Titties is a new Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast run entirely by people of marginalized genders. Join me, Dungeon Master Charlene Bear, and my four chaos demons as they attempt to survive the Wildwell Trials in Tabletop Titty's first homebrew campaign. A fight to the death. A test of skills and ability. A conspiracy theory for rebellion in the making. But also, feel the pain of my fist if you touch my cat. Darling, it just fits your style. Are you a paladin? Because <laughs> I'm smitten. Don't follow me! I don't know what I'm doing! Tabletop Titties, available live on Twitch and wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, follow us on social media at Tabletop Titties or visit our website, www.tabletoptitties.com. That's Tabletop Titties, with two Ds if you know what I mean. All the information you could ever need about us, including merch, is on our website, www.drinkingandscreaming.com. If you want to help support the show and get some awesome rewards like stickers, coasters, bonus episodes, and more, go to patreon.com slash drinkandscream. That's where you can vote on our Patreon polls to tell us what we should watch next and listen to our new bonus series called Pre-Fear, where we chat about the movies we haven't seen yet right before we watch them for the podcast. Whoa! Wow! We've seen Scream too many times, though, so we didn't do that for this one. (laughs) But we are going to be watching Beetlejuice at the end of the month because that is the Patreon voted on episode. Whoa! You guys decided, and we're going to do it! I took another sip of the drink. It's amazing. Uh, it's just sitting there. Yeah, you gotta do it. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provided us with some amazing goodies to talk about on our episodes. Today, I'm gonna chat about one of their enamel pins. It's a The Shining pin that says Overlook Hotel on it, and the background is the hallway carpet design. Ah! <laughs> it's you good. scared me there for a sec. That's the point. We're a spooky show. Here's Char. <laughs> You can buy their products. They ship globally at evilamysterrorshop.com. We're also sponsored by Liz's Horrifying Candle Co. We're waiting on some brand new scents for fall, and our candles are so good that the 2020 summer scents are currently sold out. When the fall scents are ready, we'll let you know. These candles will be available for purchase at horrorcandles.com with the code DRINKSCREAM10 for 10% off your first order of three or more. These bad boys are handmade with soy wax, which makes them safe for your own little fur babies. Woo! Yeah. We want to keep our buddies safe so we don't use petroleum candles because that's like smoking cigarettes right into his face. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. Molly, Jen, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter where we let you know at the beginning of each month what our new theme is. We've been doing themes every month. Um, We also let you know every Friday what episode is coming out next on Sundays. And the last episode of every month, we pick two different movies from the genre and then ask people to vote on it. And whatever gets the most reviews, we will do. Super cool. And what's your social media tag? Just start typing in Rosemary's Ladies and we'll pop up. We had to do different things. And if, yeah, if you go on the website, it's everything is like linked below. Nice. I love your art, too, for your cover with your spooky dog. Do you listen to horror podcasts? Yeah. Well, let's go back to your favorite one. (laughs) Oh, my other, my last point, other than my 15 beefs with the plot. I know her father, her father was going on like a business trip. And then they kidnapped him along the way. I think so. he never got there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing that confused me is like when she's attacked for the first time, she's at the police station and Dewey's like, OK, where's your dad staying? And she's like, it's the Hilton, wherever. And they're like, well, they don't have any record of him. So I was like, where was her? Like, 
that just the way they said it was like they don't even have like a reservation, like nothing in his name. So I'm like, where was he going? Yeah. They said it that what way specifically doing? to make you think that he was the killer. That's true. They or probably like he had did. But then it just her. left me with questions of like, well, I know he's not the killer. It's so like, what was he doing? Yeah. They canceled his reservation I mean, or. Right. Or in a they could have just made up something like, oh, he was see- he's been seeing a woman, yeah. but he didn't think Sydney was ready for it. It, it, it would have been so easy. For them to just throw in another line. But I mean, I do love all of the all of the self-referential tropes. I mean, you know, you can't you can't drink or do drugs. You can't have sex and you can never say, I'll be right back. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. With Matthew, which Matthew Lillard says a couple times. And mm-hmm. but then he does die. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I feel I do like that. They keep it up. Like even the characters who like say it jokingly, like I think they all end up dying. Yeah. I think so, too. Oh, also, can we talk real quick about Courtney Cox's like lime green uh, suit? Yes. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I was like, this is like this is like peak 1990s news journalism. And I'm here for it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I also liked that her hair, ironically, was kind of the Rachel. Oh, yeah. True. (laughs) True. I thought she could work a bit more on her newscaster voice. That's true. The way, you know, like people who are delivering the news have their certain way of fluctuating the. Yeah, they have like a like a certain cadence. Yeah. And it just wasn't spot on for me. (laughs) She was just. Yeah, she's just kind of talking like normal instead of being like, hello, this is Gail Weathers with so and so news. I'm here with. Dewey, what's his face from the police department? I'm here with my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Time for the the new dorky segment. Go for it. It's time to open the Reconomicon. Scary sounds. <laughs> My recommendation is I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997 because it has very similar like mystery and horror themes and like the creepy phone calls and of course the late 90s feel. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Jen, what do you That's recommend? A- I recommend, um, so I was just going off of if you like other sort of self-referential or like the the movies that like or like, yeah, the horror movies are the tropes of the horror movies and we're kind of going to make fun of them. Cabin in the Woods and Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Mm. <gasps> well, what a very interesting second movie that you brought up there. Hmm. So- and I'm very excited about that <laughs> because depending on when this episode comes out, we will be recording or we will have already recorded an episode with drinking and screaming with all of us watching mm. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which you can find over at our channel. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good and fun to listen to. Definitely. Go subscribe to Rosemary's Ladies. <laughs> I just put down uh, American Horror Story 1984 is a really good season of American Horror Story. It's like a horror movie based in the 80s and it's pretty campy and it's like got the characters and it's got this banging 80s soundtrack. I wouldn't say it's like super self-referential, but it's it's on the same kind of scale as Scream. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to recommend. We so. really need to get into American Horror Story. People keep telling us how good yeah. it is. And I, it's not that I don't believe you. I'm just so busy. So dang busy. <laughs> My recommendation is awful and I apologize, but uh, I recommend Halloween H2O. Oh, that's not awful. That's amazing. <laughs> because it's the one where they all go into the Stroud house and like wear the the head cams and like talk about all the things that Michael Myers did and try to spook each other. And then Michael Myers actually shows up and starts killing everyone. And that just has a f- similar feel, I think, to Scream. I haven't seen that one. I'm going to have to watch it because that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. I don't know what Kelly's talking about. Awful. So bad. <laughs> oh, one of the other things to, I liked was like when they're all watching the movie at the party and they're like, here it comes. The classic boob shot and then they like they do the the boob shot and then they like cut upstairs to billy and sydney sydney and it's like they're they're about to do it but then they like they don't show it and it's like okay i I like i like that stuff where they're like you know continuing to like sort of reverse the tropes and not not play into them specifically yeah Mm -hmm. super cool all right dorky segment number two it's time for scaredy facts 
Hello, listeners, first-time listeners, long-lasting listeners, and of course, the Rosemary's Ladies. Welcome to our relationship, where we snuggle under a blanket, on our couch, or in bed, look up some IMDb trivia to get less spooked by the movie we just watched. Because now it's fake, and it's all just a bunch of people behind cameras. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So I did the Scaredy Facts for this episode, and I mean, we already basically, this is Scaredy Facts Part 2, because Molly did so many any amazing scaredy facts earlier. This Thank is the you. sequel. Oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> new rules apply. <laughs> Starting with the budget of 14 million estimated. They on opening weekend, they only made like 6.4 million. But the cumulative worldwide gross is huge. It's 173.1 million. Wow. Wow. From 14 That's... million budget. Oh, yeah. That's like 100 times or 10 times. Yeah, still. That's also, I realized something. How did Char and I go this entire episode without referencing Dead by Daylight at all? Oh, yeah. Do you do that at all coming up? I don't. You can take over, hijack my screen. I mean, I was, I was just going to say that the ghost face is in Dead by Daylight. So I kept making jokes about the Dead like, by Daylight. Like while we were watching. Yeah. Uh, you were referencing it. What's Dead by Daylight? <laughs> oh my God. Kelly, explain. Go. Uh, Dead by Daylight is a video game where they bring a bunch of killers into one game and they started out by just making their own. So they have like uh, the hillbilly who was kind of like a reference to Texas Chainsaw uh, Leatherface. And they've got like the trapper who kind of looks like Jason. But once they got big enough, they started like paying Getting, for licenses. Yeah. So they, okay. they have like, you can play as Freddy Krueger, uh, actual Leatherface, Ghostface, you can play as Ash from Evil Dead and a bunch of other characters and stuff like that. They got the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Oh my god. That's so cool. I didn't know this game existed. It's so fun. And you can also, you're either a survivor or a killer. I like to play as the survivors trying to escape the match. And they have like a lot of cool survivors from the movies too. Play Dead by Daylight with Rosemary's Ladies. That sounds really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Pop up a Twitch stream, you know, let's go. Woo! All right, that's I, that's my hijack section. That go. was good. I mean, that kind of, I mean, scaredy fact number one is that Ghostface is in Dead by Daylight. Whoa, who knew? <laughs> but my real number one is that the party scene near the end of the film is 42 minutes long. It's like a third of the film. And it was shot over the course of 21 days from and only at night. So like from sundown to sun up. And after it wrapped, the crew was so fed up of that scene that they all had T-shirts made that said, I survived scene 118 because that's like the number of the scene during shooting. <laughs> that's cute. And apparently they all call it the longest night in horror history. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of horror references, at the beginning of the movie, when Casey's parents come home and they're like trying to find their daughter, the dad's like, go to the McKenzie's, which is the exact same thing thing that Laurie Strode tells Lindsay and Tommy to do in Halloween movie reference number one and movie reference number two when Billy sneaks into Sydney's room he mentioned that he was watching The Exorcist from 1973 which ironically Linda Blair who plays Regan which is the uh, kid who's like head turns around in The Exorcist she has a cameo in this movie she's a reporter oh yeah you pointed that out to me yeah when all the reporters are outside of the school it's like a five second I've never noticed that before Char had a really hard time not pointing out scaredy facts as we were watching the movie. Because I did it like right before because I had already seen it and I wanted to be able to send it to you guys, the document. But yeah, and then <laughs> watching it, I couldn't hold it in. I had to tell you as it was happening. So you did your own director commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was good. <laughs> Except it was if the directors were like, mm, I can't tell you this part. But I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly pointed out this one while we were watching it. Tatum referenced is uh, that this situation is like a Wes Carpenter film, which is referencing Wes Craven, who directed this movie, and John Carpenter, who directed Halloween and a bunch of other Ooh. horror films. You said that Wes Carpenter is actually a character in universe who makes the the Stab series. Is it the move? Is that the movie that's based on the situation that happened to Sydney in yeah. number two? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow, what a hack. Yeah. <laughs> that West Carpenter. <laughs> Oof. Well, that happens just so much because even in like Gail Weathers is making money off of her mom's death Bunch of by hats. selling books. Yeah. The worst. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Fun 
fact number, I don't know. This scaredy fact is interesting <laughs> because we kept talking about how amazing Matthew Lillard is, but he was just at the audition by chance. <laughs> he was cast as Stu by chance after accompanying his then girlfriend to an unrelated audition taking place elsewhere in the same building. Somehow the casting director, Lisa Beach, just like saw, passed by him in the hallway and asked him to audition because... He just like looked like he would fit the role and he auditioned with incredible ferocity that got him the part. Did he do that thing oh. where he sticked out his tongue a lot? I don't know. I wasn't there. But. <laughs> he does that a lot in this movie. That's, That's the way to get discovered is just you're walking in a building being like, hey, yeah. want to be in a movie? Yeah. yeah. That's the dream. But not in a creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The way you said it, like, hey, you want to be in a movie? I would be like, no, get <laughs> the hell away from me. I should me. also let you know that I totally did finger guns when I said that. So, <laughs> so Drew Barrymore and Nev Campbell didn't actually meet Roger Jackson who's the actor that played the voice uh, before shooting started. Whenever they were talking to the phone, uh, on the phone to the killer they're actually speaking to him and they hadn't uh, met him in person. In fact none of the cast met him. Craven thought that would be better to bring out the shock reactions he needed from everyone when they heard his spooky voice. That's interesting that they didn't actually just use the actors using that like voice modulator that they showed. Yeah, no, it was a real person. Huh. I guess it would have given it away if anyone like recognized that uh, the voice sounded like either Matthew Lillard or Skeet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the voice modular they got was very advanced because it was like it's it it sounded perfect and it changed everybody's voice to be the same to sound yeah. the exact yeah. same except <laughs> when like, Sydney uses it on the phone they must have spent so much money on this <laughs> one of the trivia facts I read was kind of odd because it said the use of caller ID increased more than threefold after the release of this film and I'm like <laughs> kind of judging this factoid because was that really because of this movie or was that just because technology was better? And now who doesn't have caller ID on their cell? Uh, little column A, little column B. <laughs> I mean, there's like, I would not be surprised if people saw this was like, oh, that, you know, we've been thinking about that caller ID, but like, it just makes sense now. I True. feel like horror movies take the claim for a lot of stuff like that. Like, I imagine there's a fact about, like, after The Ring came out, people stopped using VHS for a while because they were scared. And then Blu-ray or DVD arrived. Yeah. (laughs) Harder to get a disease onto Blu-ray. Yeah. During production, Ghostface's signature black robe was going to be white to make him appear even more like a ghost. Oops. But then, oops. oh, oh no. you, you know where this is going. <laughs> oh no, oops. <laughs> this was changed in fear of people comparing the costume to the Ku Klux Klan. Oops. Mm. I think they made the right yep. call with that one. <laughs> yeah. Oops. But it's such an oops. iconic outfit now. Like, I went, when in elementary school, when it was like a big deal to dress up all the time for every Halloween, this costume never failed to arrive at the on the playground. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that it would be important to document all the rules that are stated in this film in case people are uh, curious. Ooh. So there are six of them. Number one, you will not survive if you have sex. I'm dead already. Number two, me too. <laughs> you will not survive if you drink or do drugs. I would die right now. <laughs> Double dead. <laughs> Number three, you will not survive if you say, I'll be right back. I do that in an Arnie voice all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do it in an Arnie voice, like, does it, do you get to come back? Because he does, he does come, come back. back so, yeah. like, maybe if you do it, I think if you do it in an Arnold voice, it's like, it's safe. It's cool. Yeah. Man. Okay, good. It's Oof. safe. But, but, you, but you, so you can only say, I'll be right back if you say it like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Good. So I'm one for three then. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Everyone is a suspect. That's kind of like, doesn't really help you survive. You all or not. did it. Oh, all three no. Of you. <laughs> We're all working together. That's what it is. <laughs> number five, you will not survive if you ask who's there. And number six, you will not survive if you go out to investigate a strange noise. So if something happens, just ignore it. Everything will be fine. I did that in my old house, though. I heard a noise in the basement and I'm like, I shouldn't go investigate this. But I'm totally going to go investigate this. <gasps> but you lived. <laughs> and I did. I lived to tell the tale this time. <laughs> This time. Said, this time, yeah. What, what was that sound? Who's there? <gasps> yeah. 
Okay, I only have floorboards. (laughs) (laughs) A few more. Apparently, this is the only slasher franchise where the original director helms every movie in the entire franchise. Apparently, that's never happened before or since. Classic Wes Craven. Apparently, which (laughs) I'm I'm so surprised. I mean, you really run into that a lot where it's like, oh, man, like two or three of the Halloween movies are good. Yeah. Or like a a handful (laughs) of Friday the 13th movies are good. I think a handful is being generous. (laughs) The one in space. The one with the psychic girl. Yeah. It's only Jason X is the only (laughs) one, to be honest. I like the third one with the kid that's like the actor that's doing all the prop makeup. Oh, yeah. When he actually gets the mask. Yeah. That one's good. Oh, yeah. I I like that one where he's like, it's me. It's Jason. (laughs) Remember me? And I do do like... Molly, you'll have to remind me which one it is. I think it's maybe the second one where the the final girl is like, it's mother, Jason. You, you've been a very good yeah. boy. I like when they do still and they're like, OK, you're being smart. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the second one. Second yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. Oh, no. Come yeah. To Mother's mommy. talking to we've, you. We've yeah, it's order. definitely the second one. And then my phone one, I already said, when he gets smacked in the face, it's really him <laughs> getting smacked in the face with the phone. Poor Matthew Lillard. So did you, do you have why that happened? No, tell me. Uh, in the director commentary, they were saying that Skeet's hand was so sticky from the fake blood that it stuck to his hand. So like when he went to go throw it on the counter... It like completely missed and hit Matthew Willard. <laughs> you hit the head with a phone, you dick. <laughs> I, his some of his lines were so funny. Like when he's on the phone, like when Billy's like, "Stay on the phone with Sydney. I'm gonna go find her." He's like, "Are you really gonna call the police?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "My parents are gonna be so <laughs> mad at yeah. me." That was uh, improvised line. Very good. Oh my god, he's so good. I think I'm gonna die, man. You stabbed me real deep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then my last trivia fact is unfortunately not a car or gun fact. No. Sorry, everybody. But I do. This is mind blowing to me because director of photography Mark Irwin was fired a week before shooting was supposed to end for this movie, and it's because Wes Craven watched the dailies, which is when they like com- uh, converge the sound and visual footage of the day. And he found that it was out of focus and totally unusable. So then he <laughs> told Irwin to just fire and replace all his camera crew. And Mark Irwin was being a good boss and was like, well, if you do that, you're going to have to fire me too. And so then and Wes Craven called. They him just up. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i mean i don't know anything about working like filming but wouldn't you like notice that as a camera person like especially if it's like how did it take them this long yeah to notice exactly it? i don't know but I mean, that's, that's a why big, you gotta fire him. big expensive mistake for sure yeah, yeah. oh yeah stab nice. victims last wound or last words what are you gonna do <laughs> stab me <laughs> And that's it. It's time for final thoughts. Uh, Kelly, do you got one? I do. My final thoughts are every time we watch a franchise, it's like, man, I want to watch the next one. And I yeah. think I think Scream is the f- the one that we have never actually finished wh- with like full intent of finishing. Yeah. I don't even I think we made it past two and that was about it. So my final thought is that I just I want to watch the rest of the franchise, even though apparently only three exist. Question mark. Three. I know Molly hates the, <laughs> Molly maintains the fourth one doesn't exist. I would like to just say that the fourth one is has much better reviews and ratings than the third one. Oh, oh. Um, some drama oh. with the Emma Rosemary's Lane. That should say enough. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, do you have a final thought for us? Uh, my final thought is this is a must watch trilogy for the Halloween season. Totally. I believe they're on Netflix, so nice. Anybody can watch them on Netflix. I think they're on Shudder. Uh, yeah. Shudder too. Yeah, that's where we watched ours. Oh, um, oh I paid for it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I should have just like bought the set, so it's kind of on me. <laughs> and yeah, I love this series. Again, like I keep saying, it is a trilogy. I'm very <laughs> curious to see why it has such good ratings. The fourth movie. <laughs> Because Emma Roberts is in it and the plot is really <laughs> stupid and the motivation is really stupid for the killer. Oh. So, yeah. 
watch this movie. I mean, it's scarier <laughs> not to have motivation, right, guys? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but but my motivation. Yeah, here's is my motivation. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> my final thought is I've referenced this before, but I'm gonna just say it again that I'm so glad we got to kind of do our first episode with you guys the right way by doing this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I really love this film. It's really good. I do want to finish watching the series. And I am excited for the fifth one as much as Molly has reservations. <laughs> I am excited. Yeah. I'll have to read what the plot is. Yeah. Because all I saw was the poster for it and I was like, no. But you haven't watched I it don't yet? like the fourth one. It's not out yet. Wait, I thought the fifth one wasn't out yet. That's what I'm saying. The fifth one's supposed to come out in 2022. Oh, I thought you said fourth one. You want, you're excited to see the fourth one. Never mind. No, the new one. That My hasn't brain come out broke. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, final thought. I like this movie. As many questions as I had about like the motivations and the plots and stuff, I still like this movie. I still think it's a very good movie, especially for being like, the first very self-referential, like making fun of the 80s horror tropes ones. Um, if you guys, I get another recommendation that I just thought of, because you were talking about watching the Scream series. Have you guys seen Slasher? I no. have not. It's a Canadian <gasps> anthology horror series. Canadian! And it's... <laughs> And it's an anthology, so it's different each each season. And it's um, every season centers around a masked killer with an unknown motive for killing their victims. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> it, and I've only seen the first season, but it was very, very good. And it had Katie McGrath from Merlin, who I have a huge crush Ooh. on. So I was like, this is good. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised it's on Netflix. That, is it? Yeah. Ooh. I'm surprised that you can say good and Canadian series uh, in one one <laughs> breath. That's true. We don't have very good. There's a Canadian stank, I like to say, on uh, a lot of our productions, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I'll give it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been Scream, a movie about nothing. But let me tell you what it's about now. <laughs> Next week, we'll be watching our Patreon voted on episode, which I can announce now. Drum roll. <laughs> Beetlejuice from Yay. 1987. Ooh, I love Batla Woo! <laughs> and remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Bye! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 